Welcome to a new episode of Creepy Pots, the Creepy Pots Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Kowalski. I have with me every single episode two guests, and we uh, find some spooky stories from the internet and we talk about them. Uh, we don't read them for you, but if you do want to hear me read you some of those stories, you can go to patreon.com slash jeffjk, and if you give me at least $1 a month in exchange, you will be able to get uh, at least two audio uh, little treats uh, to start. That will be the stories we've covered on this show, and one uh, original written story also by me. So go do that, please. Uh, uh, this week's guests, I have both returning guests, Louisa Heron. Hello. And Judd Matarang. Hey, guys. And the story we've chosen this week is called No End House. But right before we jump into that, this. She said, Mackie, when you die, I want I want you to get cremated so then I can add a little bit of you to my coffee every morning. Yeah, that's not hooked up properly. Because if she would have came in maybe, uh, you know, like five seconds earlier, she would have like ruined my cum shot as like... <laughs> the as money shot say. would have been exactly. wrecked. Yeah. You'd so. have to do the whole thing over again. <laughs> We definitely invited all the cockroaches. Like, they put out the signal. Like, they brought them all in when we left that stuff behind. Um, but then they all left. And they would have all had to leave going down. It's sort of like NPR, but not really. For more conversations like these, visit ShareSlicePodcast.com. That was luscious. <laughs> Bye, thank you. Welcome back. So we're covering uh, No End House. Uh, let's see, let's uh, let's have Judd walk us through this story. Uh, so No End House is about uh, a guy named David and his friend Peter Terry, uh, friend and gullible drug addict, said that there is a house <laughs> called No End House where if you go through all nine rooms of the house, someone will give you $500. And so the main character says, hey, $500, that sounds too good to be true. I must go. And he went uh, into the house and he went through all nine rooms, first two, not so creepy, third one, things start to get creepy. Um, and I guess we'll discuss what each room is about in depth, but essentially uh, it gets more twisted, more depraved the further he goes into the house and uh, it, it challenges his sanity. And eventually he gets out of the house and he's like, wow, oh, finally I made it. Here's my $500. Great. And then he's just about to enter his house and he sees that there is a 10 etched on the door. <laughs> yeah, because the door to each room has the number of the room it is. He's only supposed to do nine. Uh, it's it's weird. It's a, it's a weird... Yeah. It's got a lot of spooky elements in it. Yeah, I guess let's go through what each room is. Uh, so what is uh, the first room? The first area was almost laughable. Uh, yeah, it's just like a bad haunted house. Yeah, like I think he called it like Kmart. Like, yeah, yeah. Scary. Uh, and then the second area is like a slightly better but still crappy uh, haunted house. Like they have a fog machine and some like mechanical uh, boogeyman. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he gets to the third room and for some reason is overcome with a feeling of dread, which is, uh, mm, that's kind of a, 
That's kind of a cheap thing that creepypastas do a lot. Where they're like, suddenly and for no reason, I felt really scared, right. and so so should you, the audience. Yeah, this this particular creepypasta suffers a lot from lazy, tropey writing. Yeah, I think that's um, true. Like, hey, trust me, it was really scary. I know you weren't there, but it was scary. And <laughs> there is that part where he says... I, I'm never afraid of the dark, but I'm really afraid of this dark. <laughs> I think this particular story, the the opening to it is very, very weak. And as I was reading it, I didn't know how good it was going to be. I ended up liking the story. But the beginning where he has a friend who's a drug addict who says, Oh, this house, you don't want to go there. And the guy's immediately like, Yeah, I do want to go there. Like, with no real motivation. Uh, it just, <laughs> the characters weren't well developed, I thought. Right. The friend yeah. was just a vehicle to get this whole thing. <laughs> moving just to get to the no end house and they ne- he needed to make the friend have like some sort of personality so he was like yeah. mm, drug addict <laughs> yeah I thought yeah, you maybe think that the story is going to be about the friend because yeah. it says let me start by saying that Peter Terry was addicted to heroin yeah I thought I thought <laughs> at the end you would find out that the friend started to be on drugs after they'd done the haunted house like this drove them to drugs drove them right. insane but spoiler alert no <laughs> that's not a jest <laughs> no he was just addicted to heroin which meant <laughs> trustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, um, so he gets into the third room, and everything's normal. It's a normal room, uh, but there were, uh, the shadows were weird. Yeah, they disappeared. Yeah. And then the door locked behind him, which is always kind of a creepy thing, if, Yeah, if but you really it was, think about it. Mm-hmm. It was weird, because it was, like, not, it's not a scary situation, but he's like, I was immediately terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that, though. Shadows is a good way to indicate something you're not sure if it's wrong or not. Like, when you have a weird paranoid feeling, you look at things, and they're normal things, but then you start to think, but are they normal? Like, it captures that well, I thought. Yeah. Uh, I liked when he turned back to the room and the shadows were gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought yeah, that and was... his own shadow disappears, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the, I didn't have time to scream, little weird. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you can scream and run at the same time. Yep. And you took the time to run, so, like, you had time to scream. You just said that because that's a thing that is said in spooky stories. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, the four- it's weird, because he says the fourth room was possibly the most disturbing, but no, it wasn't. Yeah. He says that for every room. That's <laughs> yeah. literally yeah. his introduction <laughs> for each room. It's like, well, this is actually the scariest room, now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, That's like, true. room eight or nine is gonna be the most disturbing room. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not gonna be room four. And the, uh, the only thing- in room four is nothing. It's totally dark, no sound, he can't even hear his uh, breathing or heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, which was, I I thought that was clever. Uh, suddenly not being able to hear your own body sounds would be pretty upsetting. Yeah. yeah. Not being able to see is, is one thing, but not being able to hear anything, that's mm-hmm. completely different. Yeah, like really good noise-canceling headphones, that's a very, like, <laughs> surreal experience when you can't hear your own breathing. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, uh, it's, that's, that's the thing about this story, right? Is every, it's a bunch of seemingly disconnected, spooky features that don't really have anything to do with one another. Right. That's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I liked, um, what is it, room five? You <sighs> like that one? The Zika no. virus room? 
I I liked uh, most of the th- the I'm saying uh, I like most of the rooms individually, and then I was moving on to room five. But I did a bad job expressing that with language. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's like, before I describe room five, you have to understand something. I am not a drug addict. Like, okay, <laughs> we already got that you're like a, a regular dude, and we can trust your perceptions. Yeah. He does throw in at one point. I don't remember exactly when, but he says, "I did have some hallucinations when I was a child." Why Why is that mentioned? Because that yeah, makes him like, an unreliable I, narrator, but not in a way that affects the story, because it doesn't right. come up again. Yeah, like, why throw that in at all? Yes. And also, how do you know yeah. that you had that? No, literally no human being remembers their childhood. It's impossible. Uh, so it's like, it's a, a weird story, because the guy is kind of inconsistent, uh, and it's also one that has sequels, so I wasn't sure I wanted to cover it oh, at it all. Oh, it does? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, you can click down at the bottom, I'm pretty sure, to go to part two. Is it, like, uh, the same guy? Is is he just going from, like, 11 to 20 <laughs> this time, or is it, like, uh, a different No, I think it was person. a different person, um, <laughs> but I didn't I didn't read it. Uh, I might cover it on a later episode, but also, mm, sequels are a little tough. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, this, um, it's so... <laughs> Weird, because he goes through, what is, oh, yeah, room five is just a forest, and he gets, like, covered in bugs. But bugs he can't but, see or anything. Yeah, right. invisible, invisibugs. <laughs> <laughs> he does a, he does a stop, drop, and roll to get away from the bugs. That's his, uh, technique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's another case of just, like, it's a weird, disconnected, it doesn't have anything to do with the previous rooms. It's not the same kind of psychological horror, necessarily. This was the uh, weakest one, in my opinion. If you don't- yeah. Not the first yeah. two. He's like, there's really tall trees, and I can see the sky up above me, but from the outside, I didn't see anything. It didn't look like that at all. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, and then I hear bugs, and then the bugs started biting me, and it was really uncomfortable, so I stopped, dropped, and rolled all the way to the other side of the room, and then I opened <laughs> yeah. the door, and then they disappeared. Yeah, that struck me as well, that he describes <laughs> getting, like, halfway to the door, and then he starts to crawl, and then he describes that he's crawling the rest of the way. I'm like, what? Well, at- at what point do you just get up and run for it? Like, that's definitely what I would do. He's prolonging yeah. the suffering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a bunch of spooky ideas. Uh, like, it started with the idea of, oh man, what if you had a haunted house? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could do anything. Uh, and then the guy came up with just a bunch of completely disconnected spooky ideas. <laughs> and the bugs thing is spooky, but the character does not interact with it in a way that is believable at all. Yeah. Uh, but then he gets to room six, which he says is hell, uh, even though the last two rooms were the most disturbing thing that ever happened to him. Uh, it was the one with the uh, little girl. It's the doorless yeah. room. The one where he walks in and the door yeah, just it was I- identical to room three. Yeah, and then there's a, you know, the creepy little girl trope that mm-hmm. is somehow simultaneously some Baphomet wolfman <laughs> person. Yeah, he sees a little girl, and I, I kind of like the way he describes uh, also seeing uh, a demon at the same time, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like that kind of undercuts the horror of uh, both images. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that would have been a better uh, thing to happen in a different story. Yeah. I can see that. Or if he just picked one of the two. And yeah, yeah. 
yeah, it. if it was one of those, uh, or like, yeah, it, it's almost like when you see in a movie, they put in like one frame of, uh, something different and like that's really effective because mm-hmm. you're not going to rewind the movie right away to see like, what did I just see? You're just kind of starting to doubt your senses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, then he gets to, then I saw something I couldn't believe. <laughs> like, what? You, this is the thing you can't believe after you just saw a devil? The thing he can't believe is a door. Is, is a door. <laughs> he can't believe that there's a door there. Is, is this the one where he, he etched scratches the, the door seven, into the wall? Right? Yeah. Yeah, he makes a seven out of the, the wood. Why didn't he just etch a, a nine or a ten? <laughs> just like Super Mario warp yeah. his way out, would skip a whole bunch of levels and just etch, get etch out. exit into the wall. <laughs> That's the way you etch, need to do. Etch room one and then just go out the front door. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, not a lot of, there's a lot of him instinctively, uh, like, instinctually behaving, uh, in reaction to the scary thing, and then it doesn't at all make sense, like, what he is doing. He's just like, oh, I'm scared, so I just did something, and it worked. Yeah, he alternates a lot between, oh, I'm so terrified, I dropped to my knees and I couldn't do anything, and then mm-hmm. a second later he's like, I had to get up and I had to find my way <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, I knew I was going to get out of here. <laughs> did you? Yeah. You didn't seem like you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, so he goes through room seven and he's just outside. And he's not suspicious at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he goes home. Uh, and he, he, the cat hisses at him, just like a good image for a movie. Uh, <laughs> but also, like, the, like, no one reading this falls for it at all. Yeah. Uh, the trouble is, you know, the trouble is reading it, you immediately think, oh, he's, he hasn't really left the house, cause I understand how this type of story would work. So then, yeah. you, it should play with the reader's, uh, imagination. Like, well, did he really get out of the house? Cause if everything was normal, maybe he did. But then immediately you get the cat thing, so it's like, okay, I know I'm right then. Yeah, and then, like, the next paragraph is, uh, his parents have been chopped up into bits in the living room. Yes. Yeah, all their like, limbs are put in, like, a pile or something, and then their heads are put on their chests, and then and then they start grinning, which is pretty <laughs> creepy. That's pretty yeah. creepy. Because I started thinking about what my, like, my own parents' severed heads, and then I started thinking about it smiling, and I'm like, nah, that's, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I did it's thing. like, it's a very effective image, and then the big reveal is he has to walk across this room where these chopped up bodies are to get to uh, room eight. Yeah, he mm-hmm. vomits a lot in this room, uh, yeah. which oh, yeah. I, I, I think is an, uh, an understandable reaction to seeing your mutilated uh, parents' corpses. And then he uh, he makes it he makes it out to room eight, <laughs> which is the room where he sees himself uh, oh, sitting yeah. in a chair, like his own doppelganger. <laughs> this and, is the uh, one I thought was most effective. Yeah, he finds. Yeah, this one knife. this one works for me because you don't you're not sure which one's real. Yeah, and uh, the best like Twilight Zone episodes are things where like a character is presented. Well, you're going to do this terrible thing, and they're like, No, of course I'm not going to. But fate yeah. sort of intervenes, and they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's really interesting. He encounters a guy that's like just like himself, uh, and then he sees that on the guy's chest is a little number nine, like a wall. 
uh, like the doors, rather. Uh, <laughs> so he does it. He puts the knife right through that guy. <laughs> well, what's what's scary about it, too, is that, it, you know, it looks like him, it talks like him, um, and then he's just rocking back and forth in the chair saying, you're gonna hurt me, aren't you? You're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. And and yeah. that's before you even know that he has to. And then he's yeah. like, oh, I gotta find a way out of this room. And he finds that knife under the chair. It's like, to David, yeah. love, no end house. <laughs> it's just a knife. <laughs> I, I didn't yeah. like I didn't like that the other David who's so scared is like you're gonna hurt me. By the end, he changes his mind and he starts laughing and he's like, No, I'm gonna hurt you. So then it's much easier <laughs> to kill him. Like he should have been yeah. he should have been a scared, normal seeming person the whole time, because then you have to make the really tough choice. Yeah, if he was just like crying and weeping and was like, I came into No End House, I thought I was gonna get yes. out, but then I got to this room and I had the number on my chest. <laughs> And then you came in. Like, it would have been much more effective if the character had been doubting whether he was the real David or whether the other one was the real David. Yes, I thought that's the way it was going to go. Yeah, but instead the other one is like, oh, no, I'm actually, I'm evil. <laughs> yeah, so it's okay to kill me. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the incredibly predictable ending. He gets his envelope full of cash and a congratulations note. Uh, and then he gets to the uh, front door of his house, and there's a small tan etched into the wood. Yep. Pretty spooky. <sighs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Which also kind of doesn't make sense, because... Um, well, no, hold on. Where was the guy? Room 8? And then room... I guess room 9 was the the final room. Yeah. Uh, the, the room where he gets the money. Room 9 was... Uh, I oh, no, yeah, sorry. One, yeah, right? uh, room 9 was nothing. Room yeah. 9, he just felt uh, as if he didn't exist for, like, a paragraph. Oh, mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah, that's why I forgot it, because it's... Nothing happens to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so then he goes into room 10. Uh, I guess. Uh, yep. That's probably in the next story. Yeah, if you click uh, <clears> next <throat> at the bottom, you get No End House 2. Uh-huh. But mm, uh, I don't know if I want to read all of these. I don't know how many there are. It was a very long story. <laughs> yeah, it was longer than it had to be. Uh, I don't think I, I like the story structure, but I thought a lot of the rooms had good, creepy imagery. That reminded me of, like, nightmares I've had. So, that was good, I thought. Yeah, each each concept is... It, it's, like, conceptually scary. Uh, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's unrefined. But if it were refined, I think it could be really terrifying. If it was... Mm-hmm. If the whole concept was put into the hands of another writer, mm-hmm. uh, they could make this actually a very good scary story. I it reminds me a lot of... Visually. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it reminds me a lot of PT. You know, that uh, that demo for yeah. PlayStation? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the concept is kind of similar. You just start in a dark room, and then you walk down a hallway, and then you make a turn, and you walk down the other hallway. And then when you enter that door, you come out of the first door that you were in, and you keep going down the hallway, but every time things get creepier and creepier, mm-hmm. stuff starts to change. Like, mm-hmm. you see uh, someone staring at you from the ceiling, but I'm pretty sure this came out probably years before uh, the other one did. I think it references AIM in the beginning, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know it at least references it in the sequel. Uh, 
I don't know if that means that it was written back then. Let me see if there's a date anywhere I think he, he mentions page. being, like, so old that, uh, when I was young, we used AIM. Yeah, AIM was king in pre-Facebook days, he says. Uh, let me look at the comments. Those will probably have dates on them. Uh, mm, this is a very interesting podcast. <laughs> uh, do you guys have any, um, any spookiest parts of this? Or I feel like we're probably all gonna have this, like, similar, same ones. Mm, yeah, I mean, the, him k- having to kill himself, I thought it lost a little bit at the end there, but that's a very good spooky concept. Yeah, that's also probably the, the one I liked the best. What about you, Judd? Um, I think I liked, I liked the one where he, uh, was, where he had that fake escape, you know, like he, mm. I mean, it was pretty easy to tell that he wasn't really gonna get out of it. Like he, you know, he didn't even <laughs> reach the ninth room, but mm. just, just that relief, you know, like he's heading back, he's like, it can't be real, it can't be real, and he gets home, and he's like, well, it seems pretty real, <laughs> and then he just sees his, his family there, and then, you know, the smiling thing, I think that just creeps me out a lot, <laughs> you know, like just yeah, ahead yeah. of your parents. And they're just like, you know, they, their grin gets all, you know, like they just had some Joker toxin and, and then they're like, you know, maybe they're turning while you head towards the door. Like, uh. Uh, yeah. And their severed hands are creeping across the floor, I think. Yeah. So that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. It looks like this came out in 2013, which I think predates yeah. PT by like yeah. a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, I, I think both of those are, are probably the, the most effective parts, but they don't tie together well because the story has a lot of uh effective individual like things like images that are scary and good and then <laughs> the overall uh the like uh meta concept of the no end house is not the best yeah i think that's fair <laughs> it seems yeah, like a so- way for him to tie all of the like he he like he wrote a list of uh creepy Spooky stories things. he wants to write yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like all these concepts but they're not going to make you know a full story on their own he's like what if i just made them all into a super scary story <laughs> Yeah, it's interest. It's it, it's a little weird to see that much of the skeleton of a story mm-hmm. uh, in in the finished product. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe I will read the sequels because I'm pretty sure they're by the same writer, and maybe he got better at writing because it's easy to get better at writing, and you can tell that he probably would if he just practiced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's the end of this episode, right? Yeah, yep. I guess so. Yeah, you guys have anything you want to plug, Judd? Um, yeah, uh, you can go to my Twitter, it's Cephalic and, uh, my girlfriend and I, Brittany, are working on, uh, a podcast that we have, uh, so far with the, the, the name that we've workshopped is called, uh, uh, You Need to Get Out More, and, uh, we are going to a bunch of different places in our area, like, joining, uh, all these activities, like, going to, like, a knitting club, or, like, a... Uh, ballroom dancing classes and just like <laughs> talking about our experiences or like the friends that we made or you know people that we met and just try to you know we were trying to think of like a way to get out of the house more and at the same time we wanted to create something so we're currently working on that and I'll let you know when that cool. is finished yeah that sounds great uh, if- that's a great if idea. That's ready by the time this episode is up. I'll link to it. Um, you can find me uh, J3FK on Twitter, weaponizedlanguage.com, funtimes.online. Uh, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash JeffJK to get bonus episodes of this show, bonus stories, 
Uh, if you give me more dollars a month, I'll send you physical things like uh, postcards or letters that are probably going to be spooky themed. Uh, I'll send you a pile of my comic books for, I think, $15 a month because <laughs> uh, I need to get rid of my comic books. Uh, so uh, go do that. Louisa? I'm Louisa. You can find me on Twitter at Heronbird, and you can also listen to another podcast that I do with Jeff called Seeing Reddit. You can find that on iTunes or at weaponizedlanguage.com. That's it. Okay. Uh, so there's probably a lot of good lines to use as the finish here, but um, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>